everyone. This is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Hello. Hello. You have a dum-dum in your mouth. Cherry. Okay. So as recording professionals. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to suggest that we don't chew gum or eat our popsicle lollipops while speaking. I'm not allowed to eat in class. Um, just a suggestion. As you know, you're allowed to do whatever the fu- uh, F you want. Yeah. <laughs> now she's gesturing to me scraping it with her tongue (laughs) there are gestures uh Mm. i believe you had an announcement it's a sad one for me oh no i'm sure everybody knows by now because we record this yeah ahead of time um ken spears the creator of scooby-doo dies yeah that was a little while ago but let's talk about it i i mean there's not a whole lot to talk about except it was like my entire childhood (laughs) you didn't care at all (laughs) <laughs> he was 82 and he died of dementia. Yeah. Yeah. It was a sad, it was a sad day. I saw on social media, a lot of people, um, mourning. He was like was the, the root of my love for horror and forensics and detective work. I love the old, the, in the old Scooby-Doo cartoons, the illustrations and yes. the artwork and all of that, all the Hanna-Barbera I loved. Mm-hmm. But man, Scooby-Doo, that was a winner. Scooby-Doo was excellent. And I think that what kind of came out with with his death, which was on November 6th, 2000, I mean, this year, yeah, obviously. A few weeks ago. Um, is that he was behind a lot of really interesting work. Mm. You know, that is, wasn't as famous as Scooby-Doo, but was certainly part of, just like that era yeah. of all of the animation. And mm-hmm. he really contributed quite a bit to the, <sighs> he had what uh, Robin Williams had, which was Louis body dementia. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Certain people like this guy and Charles Schultz, you know, just mm-hmm. when they, there's just, they're legends. Yeah, absolutely. They're legends. So, you know, we mourn him. Yeah. As Kevin Smith would say, huge bucket of wind. Yep. <laughs> We remember him well. So now we would like to do a little segment that is called. She just talked over me. That's fine. I hummed. She didn't get to have her song. Horror facts with a girl. (laughs) There you go. That's horror facts with Kath, by the way, for those of you who are like, everyone knows Kath. Oh, all right. Okay. Oh, okay. Number one. The actor who played the villain in this film did a lot of his own stunt driving throughout the movie, which amazed the crew and even the real stunt driver who was supposed to drive the vehicle. (laughs) Number two. It's listed as one of the top 10 most homoerotic films Despite the fact that there were no explicit scenes. So like. I love how serious you are. An essence of homo. Oh. Eroticism. Fair. Yikes. Number three. Mm -hmm. The movie was inspired by the 1971 song. Riders on the Storm by the Doors. Oh, I love that song. So you should know this answer. I don't. (laughs) 
And number four, <laughs> give you a little timeline here. Gene Siskel oh, Lord. called it a nauseating thriller. <laughs> Is that a good thing? And a more gruesome ripoff of Steven Spielberg's Duel. Oh, wow. Cool. I so you know. know what Duel's about, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's trucks. <laughs> Maximum Overdrive? <laughs> the hitcher oh the hitcher okay yeah. i i had forgotten the clues when i guessed maximum overdrive trust me i was not putting things together in a smart way yeah, i just well, throw out a movie with trucks and i it. like i just throw that out. okay the hitcher moving on to the next <laughs> the hitcher i haven't seen that in a long time it's, it's actually a really scary movie the yeah. original the original is pretty scary 19 i'm looking it up 1986 i oh redger hour of course so, you know when See Thomas Howell, there were other clues that would have just really given away, but actually some interesting facts now that we, we know it's the Hitcher is Rutger Hauer was in character so much during this filming that C. Thomas Howell was actually terrified of him. He's a scary dude. That yeah. He was a scary dude, that guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just in general, every every time I would see Rutger Hauer on screen, I'd be a little bit scared. Like he's just sort of mm-hmm. a really intense presence. Um. It's it's one I'd like to it's one I'd like to rewatch though because it's a pretty scary one. Yeah, I mean we could rewatch it together. I I honestly haven't seen that in a really long time. I see a he buddy was actually watch. a buddy watch coming up. Uh, he was also in that show that you like Channel Zero or that show that you started watching. Rutger Hauer. Yeah, yeah, I haven't I, continued that yet. He was. Uh, I mean, he died in 2019, but he was in several episodes in 2018. Mm-hmm. So. You could, you will see him again, scaring you. Scary dude. <laughs> he was a scary dude. You know, I was looking up something the other day and did, I'm, I'm sure you know this, but they're do or maybe you don't, whatever. Uh, Michael C. Hall is going to be reprising his role as Dexter in an upcoming limited series revival set to be a 10 episode continuation of the series. Um, that'll allow the show's creators to essentially make up for the series finale that disappointed so many viewers. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to probably lose all of my listeners when I say this. I couldn't get into that series. Oh, lots of people don't oh, okay. like Dexter. I mean, I just, whatever. a lot of people give me shit. Yeah. Because it is beloved. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, my understanding is if I give it past the first season, it gets a lot better, but I'm like, I don't, want to invest in a whole season if I have to suffer through it. Just the John Lithgow season is really good. Yeah. Um, for starters. So uh, I guess this week, Marcos Siega, I can't pronounce that right. will be directing six of the episode, six of the 10 episodes um, who he directed nine previous episodes of the show. Uh, it's set for those of you who do like Dexter, like myself, <laughs> rub you, it in Shannon. Kathy's not listening now and is not a part maybe, of this conversation. Maybe it's one of those that I have to go back and give it another whirl. Eh, I don't know. I mean, set 10 years after Dexter Morgan went missing in the eye of Hurricane Laura, the revival sees the character now living under an assumed name in a world away from Miami. Well, that just so, gives away the ending of the series. Well, please, I'm sorry, but spoilers if you haven't seen it from the last season, which was in 2013. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I think seven years I'm sorry. Maybe I wanted to go watch it now. Yeah. Well, and now I don't have to because he disappears in the eye of a storm. You won't remember. <laughs> Trust me. So much other stuff happens. But what you do get to know is that he's Silence of the Lambs it. He's reemerging because that's what 
Anthony Hopkins does basically at the end of Science of the Lambs is we realize he's not gone or dead or anything. We sort of see him in a tropical island and it looks like Dexter is gone the way of Anthony. Is he there with Anthony Hopkins, do you think? Most likely. That would be a really (laughs) bad twist. Well, see what would happen. So here, okay, so let's talk about this. This is important. Listening. What happens when Anthony Hopkins meets Dexter Morgan is, and I realize I'm saying the actor's name and then the character's name, but whatever. And creating your own series. <laughs> yes. Go on. Is that like who wins? And I think what happens is that um, Anthony Hopkins character kills Dexter Morgan because that character does not have a moral compass. Right. Dexter. But did. Dexter does. Dexter only kills bad guys. Mm-hmm you know, for the most part Mm -hmm. when he means it. Uh, And so I think that he, I mean, and, but, but here's the thing, Anthony Hopkins character is a bad guy. So Dexter would have the motivation to kill him. That's true. Ooh, that'd be a good duel. Just saying. I still think, um, I think Hannibal might out, outdo him. (laughs) That's true. I, I, I would put, I, I mean, I would pick, um, put Hannibal. Money on Hannibal? Yeah, I'd go money yeah. on Hannibal. But I don't know about the spread because the spread wouldn't be, I don't think the spread would be too. It, it wouldn't. But Hannibal, I feel, is a little bit more sophisticated. So I would put probably a bet in on Hannibal and then maybe a bet on like the spread, like uh, yeah. how long it would take him. Maybe. Because right. Hannibal's got the psych background too. Yeah, I mean, he might want to drag it out. So that'd be a good bet. Like, does it take a week? Does it take six months? Does he like draw it out and make it a thing? Mm. I don't know. All right. That's all I got. <laughs> I think I think you should write it. Write that series. <laughs> uh, be interesting. No. And no, uh, we did a buddy watch. We did. What did we watch? We watched Silent Night, Deadly Night. Shannon, it was your choice, I believe. It was okay. There was a season where I was uh, into like just binging all of them. I think I only got through like three. I think there's how five. many are I there? Think there's five. Oh, good lord. Um, you know, it's a it's a Fangoria cult favorite. Yeah, it's 1984, so. Um, <laughs> there's nothing deeply profound. It, it It's funny. We watched, you know, we watched this with several other people on the Discord, and it was just really funny to hear people going, how much more trauma can this kid go through? No wonder he's crazy, because he really, I mean, he, he hits every type of trauma you can hit. Yeah, it's like the story, the description is the story concerns a young man named Billy who suffers from post-traumatic stress over witnessing his parents' murder on Christmas Eve and his subsequent upbringing in an abusive Catholic orphanage. In adulthood, the Christmas holiday leads him into a psychological breakdown and he emerges as a spree killer, donning a Santa suit. (laughs) So that's our guy. And the same Levi's he was wearing when he was a kid. Seriously. Any good moments? Would you like? Would you not like? I remember very little of it, mm. which isn't good because we only just watched it last week <laughs> or something. Well, I mean, it's not captivating. No, I can't pick a favorite moment. How about my you? My favorite moment is when they're in the toy store and I can see the Job of the Hut. Uh, oh, <laughs> tin lunch boxes behind. So not horror at all. <laughs> no, it's terrible. It's 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 just a cheesy, campy slasher that yeah, happens take place at christmas i think your comment at the end of it w- sums it pretty much up and you were like that's an hour and a half i'll never get back <laughs> never get back 
<laughs> That's why it was great that we did it on the Discord yeah, and Buddy yeah. watched it because it, there was so... I wish our listeners could just watch the commentary we had going. Yeah, you enjoyed it. I think that was your very first mo- movie on the Discord yeah. with us. Um, I've been on there for a while. For those of you who don't know, we have a Patreon page that you can support and part of your membership is to be on the discord if you want to be and we do a lot of spontaneous watches on there and a few scheduled ones from time to time it's a great way to watch bad movies though yeah and so kathy actually just joined she i've been the one kind of manning it for a few months and um a couple months really we're, we're still pretty new to it and kathy finally joined and then we did and we watched this buddy watch which uh yeah i think you enjoyed it <laughs> yeah like it was fun to do it that way and kind of the worse the movie sometimes the funner in those situations because when it's a good movie no one really chats they just watch the movie (laughs) someone commented it had its moment and then vanished like (laughs) no but then he hold on he's not done he goes it had its moment and then vanished like all garbage does (laughs) (laughs) was that ice no no this is just a this is on rotten tomatoes i'm sorry i thought you were talking about people on the discard um that's hilarious yeah if you're sort of this is if you're the sort who'll get a kick out of watching saint nicholas hang a man with a string of christmas lights or impale a topless woman on a set of deer antlers well (laughs) silent night deadly night is definitely the film for you there there's a lot of boobs yeah there's oh that's right we were doing a boob count that's what i remember boob count 13 yeah we did, yeah. We had an odd count because there was a scene that a boob was out, a <laughs> boob versus both boobs. Boob. One was covered, a <laughs> boob, a boob, and <laughs> and he was triggered. He was so triggered by the boobs because when his mom gets, you know killed at the beginning mm-hmm. and her uh, in every 80 slasher movie there's a lot of you, boobs. You know, no, there's a lot of boobs you hear the tear in the shirt oh yeah and it's really loud, loud. It's and then overdubbed. the next thing you know she's screaming and just the tits are like and it's a perfect <laughs> it's a perfect rip <laughs> because those of us who actually well i mean let's not go there but those of us who have actually ripped a shirt yeah off it's, someone, not, it's not that easy it doesn't really go that way and then the, the whole <laughs> bra just happens to come out. I mean, I understand it's the eighties. A lot of these women weren't wearing bras, but Correct. it was like, that's some art. You know what I, so here's a favorite thing. This movie actually gives us a slight justification to showing so many boobs, which is just not the usual because what they actually did was they incorporated what is mother's rape or something and him witnessing her boobs yes. um, during the rape That's or what right. have you. Um, and so th- her shirt gets ripped and he sees the boobs and then so he's like five. So it was a thing. Yeah. It's that's kind of traumatizing. And, uh, and then later when the murders and stuff happen, you see the boobs because, and that's one of his triggers. So yeah. I gotta and say, as the boobs come out it's all like very weird i gotta say like from a story perspective you know hey they gave it a shot they were like how do we justify 13 boobs yeah i mean if this was a, a joe bob it'd be like boob foo yeah oh totally well that's what we were Breast joking foo. about that's why we started counting yeah it's like oh joe bob joe bob would have this on the you know 13 boob foo boob <laughs> ah boob i love that ah, boob. oh my god that makes me laugh so hard <laughs> Um, but a lot of fun to watch with others because, you know, silly and kind of bad. It's just a little Christmas. Well, and you admitted publicly now that you've seen more than one of these. I think I've seen three. Cool. 
I mean, but so there's that. <laughs> and I remember number two being better because the childhood stuff that takes a while, it took a while for it to actually get into his adulthood, which I'm like, I don't remember them focusing this much on the orphanage. Like so much buildup of the trauma. Yeah. And a they lot- really wanted to try and justify those boobs. <laughs> it, it, it was a boob buildup. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I'm going to count how many times we say boob in this episode and then just be like boob food. That's the real boob 45. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Good. <laughs> Let's Good. Move. Shall we move on? Moving from the boob on food? from the boobs. Excellent. Other things you watched? You want to start? What have you been imbibing? I, I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, don't do that. Um, because of when we're recording... Yeah. And the last couple of weeks, I understand that this episode will not come out till what, December? Maybe, maybe not. Um, I, I, I will say that for, for about two weeks, I was really into the election stuff. Oh, okay. And so sure. a lot of my attention was elsewhere. So it mm-hmm. was, uh, yeah, it was like a stressful week. You know, and I was really, was. I was really, I was kind of tuned into reality for a little while there. And there was oh, a good gosh. week that I was, um, watching less and really in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then were you watching um, like palate cleansers in between like funny? Oh yeah. Light films. <clears throat> um, yeah. I was watching a lot more of the holiday and some of the sitcoms that are coming back on. So yeah. I was out of horror for a little bit because we had the big Halloween binge. Yeah, we sure did. And then that fell right into the election week. Well, and I think you're you're in line with a lot of people and a lot of listeners because a lot of people needed a minute after. Mm-hmm. For those of us who binge horror, like a lot of people, I certainly needed a minute. Like I started yeah. watching garbage <laughs> yeah. on purpose. And I also like watched a bunch of Disney Plus and stuff. Well, and so, yeah, to answer your question, I started watching the new season of Mandalorian which yeah. is which is great. Yep. Um, and I think I just needed with the with the temperature of everything and the stress of uh, just the climate in general. I needed sitcoms. I needed light. I needed Baby Yoda. I needed Disney. And so now I'm kind of climbing back into it. And the Buddy Watch was a good start. But yeah, I, I needed. I I was just elsewhere. Cool. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, I, however. <laughs> Took no break. No. What I did was, is I just wasn't watching a whole bunch of films every day. Mm-hmm. I I stopped that because that was literally just for that month. I mm-hmm. was doing a challenge, as you all know, if you listen regularly. And I then, you know, just started mixing it up, right? Like, like we've talked about, like I watched Disney Plus and I, you know, and also some other sort of lighter series mixing it up. However, I have watched a few things. Um, and today I want to mention, and you may have seen these things, three more, um, winter horror type of movies, all three of them vampires. I really books. thought you just said boobies. Okay. Cause boob is still, cause you're still in boob food. <laughs> I watched three winter boobies. A new t-shirt, boob-foo. Um, <laughs> get on that. She's our merch person. Get on the boob-foo t-shirt. Boob-foo and Thank more facts you. with Kath. I'm on it. Should I put this in the title, boob-foo, and see how many people <laughs> click on the episode just because? We might get Joe Bob. I don't know. Uh, no, no. We won't. No. Let's not, not even Darcy. <laughs> we won't get either one. Damn. I love them. Darcy anyway, would be fun to have on the show. She would be amazing. And she does a lot of podcasts. So it's not 
and out of the realm of possibility, she's a really sweet soul. Uh, I watched Salem's Lot. So the original Salem's Lot TV miniseries from 1979 is actually on Shudder. Mm-hmm. I started watching it. And keep in mind, folks, that this was a Stephen King film. It was originally a TV miniseries, meaning not meant to be watched in one sitting <laughs> like I did. It's like three hours long, isn't it? Yeah. Three yeah. hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. Because I started it and I saw the minutes at the bottom. I think I'm like an hour through and I'm like, oh, wow. no. Yeah. So my recommendation actually would be to watch it in chunks because that is sort of the way it was meant sure. to be watched. I, I happened to watch it in one sitting because I was doing a bunch of work and other people were watching it online. And so I I did it that way. And I must say by the end of it, I was uh, no one else was left. The other people I was watching it with are all in later time zones than me. So everyone had passed out. <laughs> okay. But I did finish it. Um, a novelist and a young horror fan attempt to save a small New England town, which has been invaded by vampires. It's got David Soul, Hutch of Starsky and Hutch, mm-hmm. for those of you who remember that old series, which then I went down a rabbit hole of, hey, can you watch Starsky and Hutch <laughs> still? And I looked around and there's two seasons of it, I think, um, on either Tubi or Prime or something. Wow. Somewhere. I don't know where the other two seasons went, but uh, I enjoyed it. I shouldn't have watched it in one sitting. That's, that's a, I mean, that's a commitment. Because <laughs> by the end, I was exhausted from it. <laughs> like, I wanted it to end. But I'm. that's not because it wasn't good. It was because I just was like... It's long. I might as well finish this kind of thing. Um, but I would say split it up into two two pieces at least. However, for those of you who have seen this flick, or miniseries, whatever you want to call it... This, the scenes where um, Danny Glick, who is one of the kid vampires in it, it's still so scary because <laughs> there are times these, these people turning into vampires, right? The whole town is being overrun with people turning into vampires. And one of them is this kid, Danny Glick, very famous. Those of you who are fans of Salem's Lot and uh, classic horror will know who I'm talking about. He hovers outside the window. I remember this scene. Yeah. And there's a couple of kids who do this in the flick. It's not just him, but like he hovers outside of the window. And then the sound effects that are vivid from the first time I watched it, um, long ago are, is this like scratching nails on the window. And he's like hovering up on the second floor window. I'm looking at the picture right now. And he's, saying let me in <laughs> or whatever else he's saying and he's trying to get whoever the person is to let him in and the people have this sort of trance that comes over them and they are fighting their own urge because the trance is that like he's overtaken them or something and the vampires at that time could like overtake your mind and make you do things and so you'll see them going to the window and opening it you're like no you know those scenes still to me hold up i mean the visual effects don't really hold up but the like scratching on the window and the really eerie and this was toby hooper right who who did i think directed it yeah Yeah. um and the vampires actually are pretty are still pretty good and i was not i did not know how that was gonna go well they're more like the nosferatu style yeah and they're more um Jeffrey Lewis plays 
one of the vampires, he was very young. He's deceased now, but he was very young in this. And he he plays a cop, I believe. And he he ends up being a vampire at one point. And what I what I immediately thought was, you know what it is? These vampires, kind of like when we talk, we're talking about 30 Days of Night um, in Wednesday's episode, is that it was, these vampires are reliant on actors and acting and good acting. It's, it's certainly they're made up and there's makeup and all of that. But because there's very little CGI, the acting of being a vampire or being dead and doing it like was very much a huge part of it. And I just thought they were acted really well. So it was um, kind of interesting. It, I caught myself going, is that Fred Willard? Because he's <laughs> not playing a goofy, quirky, he's playing a serious role. Yeah. So I, I it was a double take for me. I'm like, man, that guy looks like Fred Willard. Well, because it is. Yeah, and in my mind, I, I don't, I'm not like uber nerd and know like the, you know, whether this was before or after he was always playing goofy. I think it was before. I f- yeah, you'd want to think so, right? Yeah. It's just like, you want to think he did goofy stuff later. Like, why would he ever been cast in this if, right. he was, if he was more goofy generally? But who knows? I mean, I really don't know. Um, That's a good one. Mm-hmm. The book's good, too. Yeah, it's. I, I enjoyed it. And another one I just saw was Blood Vessel on Shudder, mm-hmm. 2019. You've probably seen it, like, in your like just dropped on shutter kind of thing when you when you first uh, go into the app you know there's always like newly added stuff and it was added pretty recently it's called blood vessel uh, lifeboat survivors um, board a german boat that's crawling with vampires during world war ii i i did not enjoy this necessarily it wasn't a bad movie at all and if you like uh things that take place on ships and boats and things. And you're like trapped on a boat with a a evil old vampire. I do want to say that the, I did think that the makeup um, and some of that was really great with these vampires and Mm -hmm. really interesting. Um, But I, I personally wouldn't watch it again, but it's on shutter and it's redeeming qualities were certainly once the vampires were, were present um, it's the old world, like Dracula type vampires, like rising out of the yeah. coffin and on the um, ships, big and really old and cre- creature like, like almost inhuman. Like they, they're so old. The vampires are so old that they're not really, they're in a human form, but they have like white skin and they look skeletony. And there's like a old male vampire and an old female vampire, and they were obviously in a relationship for thousands of years or something, yeah. and they're all crusty and they speak their own language that kind of thing yeah um, those scenes were pretty fun uh, but in general i i kind of lost consciousness during the, <laughs> during the film <laughs> um and then the other vampire flick that people might be interested in is did you ever see this movie called near dark Ooh, let me look that up that i think that's familiar. kind of in your zone because it's while I'm saying, while you're looking it up, it's a 1987 American neo-Western. I remember this horror film, but I don't know if I ever saw it. Written, co-written, and directed by Catherine Bigelow. Wow! Right. So, fun well, fact. Well before her. Yes. Fun fact. Uh, her s- solo directorial debut, actually. Bill Paxton, Lance 
Heinrichsen, my boot. A lot of people in this. My guy. Um, Very young. Lance is very young in this. Uh, Yeah. It's really good. Oh, he's great. Yeah, this is a good cast. You know, I remember the movie. I don't know if I ever saw it. I feel like I haven't seen it. The plot follows a young man in a small Midwestern town who becomes involved with a family of nomadic American vampires. It's pretty good. I mean, I like it a lot, but I, I don't know if, if others will. Um, 1987. So the reason why I got to see this, so here's the thing, though, is this flick is hard to find. It's not one of those films that's currently necessarily always on streaming. Uh, in fact, I haven't been able to really find it uh, a lot. But what happened was, is for those of you who watch uh, TCM or Turner, Turner Classic Music mu- Music movie channel uh it they aired it for halloween Mm. um like in that time so it's on if you're subscribed to tcm uh you can watch it on watch tcm so that's what i did is i i rokued it actually because i have tcm on my regular youtube tv and i rokued it so it was in my library mm-hmm. people who use roku know what i'm talking about and uh and so i was able to watch it uh, yeah it's got ads or whatever but you can go to watch tcm and watch it it's also on direct tv i think you can probably add it to your library on that but otherwise not on streaming at all mm. but it's so good i don't understand i don't know the politics behind why you can't find it anywhere mm. but interesting whatevs all right. I feel like I've talked enough. You certainly have. Well, you didn't bring much to the table. I didn't. No. Because you've been... Immersed. Electioning. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to avoid a lot of that. I know. A lot of people do. I, well, I listened to... I got my updates from the New York Times. You know, yeah. how I, you know how I do. Like, I got my updates from the New York Times. I um, followed, like, the stories that would happen every day. I would get alerts on my phone about mm-hmm. like big pieces of news and I stayed up to date. I just personally didn't want to watch it. Yeah. All. It was causing me too much anxiety mm. and there was not a lot of new news. <laughs> it was just sort of well, like after the second day there wasn't, I mean, you kind of knew where it was going, but there was like a good 48 hours. And then I, I I'm, I'm kind of a news junkie though. No, I know. And yeah. lots of people do that and that's very enjoyable for yeah. a lot of people. And I'm definitely not. Mm-hmm. I like to be up to date with news and stuff, but yeah. I, I would get like the alerts when a certain state was called. Sure. And so I knew what was going on and could have conversations about people with, it about people about people with it to people about it with people yeah. thank you uh and then the end or the beginning well depending on what how you look yeah. at it yeah <laughs> um so thank you so much for listening this has been uh an episode of shrink chat it really has been <laughs> my name is shannon and i'm kathy sleep safe everyone We hope you enjoyed this episode of Terror Talk. Please check out our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.